One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And it's Courtney's night. Sure is. It's my night, and this is a case that everyone knows, but nobody knows the details of. So let's talk about it. This is the misunderstood death of Rudy Eugene. Hmm. Rudy Eugene was born in Miami, Florida on February 4th, 1981, to two Haitian immigrants, The couple split before he was born, and so Rudy was raised by his mother, Ruth, until she met and married a man named Melimon, M-E-L-I-M-O-N. Last name was Charles, when Rudy was still very young, and so he raised him as his son. Ruth said that the first thing she thought when she first saw Rudy was, quote, that's a handsome boy. He had a lot of hair, and his eyes were so alert. Ruth worked very long hours at a shoe factory and made just enough money to support her and her sons and still send a little back to Haiti every month. Ruth had been raised very poor and so was very motivated to work hard and tried to instill the same work ethic in her sons. She was also very religious and bought her sons their first Bible when they were eight and told them, quote, this is your life. Anything you want to know about life, go there. Rudy enjoyed church as a child and especially loved singing, Yes, Jesus Loves Me. He was also described as, as having a, quote, huge appetite and fondness for drawing family portraits. <laughs> That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. It was like huge appetite. I can relate, kid. Me too. By the time he was in high school, Rudy stopped attending church, but he continued to read his Bible and pray every night before bed. He played football and loved wrestling with his brothers. Quote, he would pick me up and throw me on the bed, his brother said. He would act like I knocked him out to make me feel good. (laughs) Angel. When Rudy was in early high school, around ninth or 10th grade, he learned that Melimon was not his biological father, which was a massive blow for the young man. I'm sorry, you said ninth grade? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Beyond that, he learned that his birth father had died, and the news made him very angry. Melimon said that he eventually, quote, accepted the truth and that they were doing fine. 
but Rudy's actions didn't really mirror that. Starting when he was 16, Rudy was arrested seven times in five years for everything from battery to trespassing to marijuana charges. So when Rudy graduated from high school, Ruth encouraged him to learn a trade, specifically in the medical industry, but he would always fight with her when she brought it up. Quote, instead, Rudy was a wanderer, never quite settling down. He lived off and on with friends and his mother. She ordered him out of the house several times. He detailed cars at dealerships and worked as a forklift operator. He talked about becoming a small business owner, wanting to open up a mobile car wash. So in 2004, Ruth and Rudy got into such a heated fight that the police had to be called after he threatened to put a gun to her head and kill her. Oh, wow. Rudy continued to threaten the cops when they arrived, and he had to be tased three times before he was subdued. He was then taken into custody, and on the way, he told the officer, quote, Officer, I'm sorry. I should have never acted like that. My mother just makes me upset because she always calls me a bum. He was sentenced to probation for the incident. So Rudy married a woman he knew from high school when he was 24, but they divorced 18 months later because she said he was violent towards her. So then in 2007, Rudy was in his car at a red light and noticed a woman named Ricky across, so honked his horn at her to get her attention. Rikia said that she thought he was very handsome, so gave him her number, and that was the beginning of their five-year relationship. <laughs> Quote, I thought he was cute. I shouted my number to him, and he called me right then. We clicked immediately. <laughs> That's the best. It's so like, cute. How you met story. That's right? so sweet. Yes. She's like, ooh, I like the way she looks. Honk, honk. She's like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> She said they liked to spend time together, quote, watching movies, riding go-karts, and reading the Bible. She kept the pantry stocked with his favorite snacks, famous Amos cookies, chocolate chip, and pecan. Quote, Rudy was sweet and kind, she said. The type of dude you want to be with forever. He was my heart. So on May 25th, 2012, Rudy visited a friend's brother who reported that something seemed very wrong with him. Quote, my brother said Rudy didn't look right. Rudy said he needed to talk to my brother about something, but never got a chance to say what it was. And the, and the friend was his best friend. Hmm. The next morning, Ricky has said that Rudy woke up around 5 a.m. and started rooting through their closet like he was looking for something, but she didn't know what it was. And he scattered their clothes all over the floor in the process. She said that he then gave her a kiss, told her he was going to meet a friend, and then left the apartment with his King James Bible and a notebook he used to write down scriptures. An hour after he left, Rudy called Rickia. Quote, he called me and told me his car broke down. He said, I'll be home, but I'm going to be a little late. Then he said, I'm going to call you right back. She said that an hour passed, then two, and then several, and that she called his cell phone over and over, but he'd never answered. She also tried all of his friends and family who hadn't heard from him either, so she started driving around to see if she could spot his 1995 Chevy Caprice that they called the Purple Monster. <laughs> 
In the meantime, Rudy had abandoned his car in South Beach and then made his way to the west end of the causeway, which is around three and a half miles. So it's pretty significantly far. Yeah. And he also had specifically said to her, he didn't want to be in South Beach that weekend because there was a big event and he was he had a marijuana possession charge in his past and he was like, I don't want them, there's going to be too many cops in the area, so I'm going to avoid right. South Beach this weekend because I just know they'll bust me for marijuana because that's what they do. Right. So at around 2 p.m., he found 65-year-old Ronald Popo who had been living on the streets for several decades. Okay, so his car really did break down. Yes, I, okay. I believe and so. And then he's, he's walking to... To the causeway, yep. Yeah. So Ronald Edward Popo was born on May 17th, 1947 in Brooklyn, New York. He had an IQ of 129 and attended the prestigious Stuyvesant High School. He was a member of the Latin Club and worked in the guidance office. And despite his advanced intelligence, he dropped out of the local city college in 1966. He was living on the streets by 1976. Hmm. Quote, I remember a very intelligent boy, his sister Antoinette said. He went to a private school and I really don't understand what happened. I couldn't find a lot about Ronald's life, but he did have a daughter in 1968 he spent some time in New Orleans in the 80s, and then he made his way to Miami and had a long arrest record for crimes related to the crime of not having a house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me being sarcastic. Right. Like sleeping in public, petty theft, yeah. etc. Right. By the time he met Rudy Eugene, his family hadn't seen him or heard from him in 30 years and presumed he was dead. Wow. So back to 2012... And Rudy found Ronald in a shady spot near an off-ramp next to the Miami Herald building. Rudy and Ronald had actually met before briefly when Rudy had done some outreach work with his best friend, Frederick Christian, and they had been feeding people in need. During the walk between where Rudy abandoned his car and where he found Ronald, he had started stripping off his clothes and dropped his driver's license So by the time he got to the bridge, he was completely naked. Oh, man. Just before 2 p.m., people driving near the causeway had started to call in reports of a naked man walking down the road and dangling from light posts. They also found pages from the Bible that had been ripped out and strewn along the path that he'd taken. So trigger warning, you guys, for very graphic violence. This is brief, but it is... Extremely disturbing. So at around 1.55 p.m., Rudy approached Ronald, who later said that Rudy approached him in a friendly manner, but then complaining he couldn't, quote, score at the beach and, quote, souped up on something, started to talk about how they were going to die, accused Popo of stealing his Bible, and suddenly and without provocation, attacked and strangled him with wrestling holds and then, quote, plucked out both of his eyes. Oh, God. Quote, he mashed my face into the sidewalk, Popo later told detectives. My face is all bent and mashed up. My eyes, my eyes got plucked out. He was strangling me in wrestling holds at the same time he was plucking my eyes out. This is the last bit. Rudy also stripped off the lower half of Ronald's clothes for some reason, 
and began biting his face, ripping strips of flesh from it, and bit off his nose. Oh, God. Do you know this case? Yeah, well, I do now. Yeah. A man named Larry Vega happened upon the insane scene while riding his bike and immediately called 911. Officer Jose Ramirez arrived and shouted at Rudy to stop attacking, but Rudy just growled at Ramirez and uh, went back to biting Ronald. I just, I'm, I can't, oh, I've got so many chills. I cannot imagine. No. Oh my God. Like, yeah. no, I don't want to trivialize it or like, but it's, it is a scene out of a horror movie. That's like how yes. all zombie movies start. Well, and that's why I wanted to cover this case because I remember this case ext- very clearly, very clear. You know, the Miami cannibal face eater, you know, it's like right. he immediately became this monster out of a horror right. movie. And there's just in so many misconceptions about what what actually happened and who he was. And it's an insane incident, but the way it was reported on was not accurate for a right. lot of reasons. And I, I mean, I get it, but- my God, man, it's, yeah, it's it's nuts. Well, it is nuts. Right, It's and it's sensational enough on its own. You don't have to sensationalize mm-hmm. it more. Yep, exactly. So at 2.13 p.m., Ramirez shot Rudy once, but he continued to attack Richard. Oh, man. So Ramirez shot him four more times until he was dead. Yeah. The scene was caught on the surveillance cameras of the Miami Herald building, and the entire attack lasted 18 minutes. Oh, I mean, how is yeah. how, how did he survive? The attack? I don't. He barely survived. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he barely survived. I mean, and honestly, it oh seems there's there's like a minute to minute accounting of this you can find online, and luckily the bikers showed up pretty quickly after the attack started, and then. The police must have been right there because Ramirez showed up like two minutes after the police were called. And so I don't think he would have had somebody not found the scene really quickly. Right. Yeah. So Rudy removed between 75 to 80% of Ronald's face above his beard. You are kidding me. No, I'm Sadie. I mean, like it's a, it's basically like above his mouth was just nothing, which is absolutely just flesh. I mean, Oh, you know, it's one of the, I have heard of it, but I completely always skipped the details. And now I know why, because that I, with his own mouth. Yep. He, oh, I'm going to die. This is, I know. He lived, (laughs) he lived. (laughs) Yeah. But had to have multiple reconstructive surgeries over several months and was left permanently disfigured and blind. A fund was set up that raised $100,700 for his care, and he had to relearn to dress, feed himself, shower, and shave. He was granted permission to stay in the medical facility indefinitely, and the last update I could find about him was from around two years later. At the time, he didn't allow anyone to visit him outside of doctors and nurses and passed his time listening to music and playing guitar. I think he's still alive. Again, I couldn't find any current updates or or a lot of information about him in general. But yeah, doesn't seem yeah. like he's doing very well if no. he's just essentially sequestered himself 
I don't think he was doing very well before the attack, but certainly not doing so well after. So Rudy Eugene, on the other hand, died that afternoon, and his family and friends were shocked beyond belief when they learned what happened, which wasn't until two days after the attack. Really? Yep. Quote... Did they... Go ahead. ahead. I just want to say, did they not know who the attacker was? Or they just didn't want to tell the family? I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. Yep. I do know how they found out, but... So, quote, that night, Eugene's mugshot from an earlier arrest, bearded, blank expression, was leading the news, had gone viral, and would later become the gruesome punchline of jokes about a Miami zombie cannibal apocalypse. Rickia said that she'd actually seen the report of the attack on the news that night and had been struck by the brutality of it, but had no idea it was Rudy. Uh. She said she learned the next day that Rudy was dead, but it wasn't until later that day that she learned that he was the one being called the face eater and monster Mm -hmm. on the news. No. So imagine that your partner of five five years, like this is a long-term relationship, heads off, you know, acting a little odd, but not, you know, outrageously odd, disappears, calls you, my car broke down, then you don't hear from him. You assume he was like mugged, robbed, murdered, sure. you know, whatever. And th- and then the next thing you know, you find out that he attacked a homeless man under a bridge, ripped his face off with his mouth naked. No. Like, what the fuck? No. And then continued even after he was shot and then he was killed. Like, no. Yeah. No. It was growling? No. Yeah. No. Quote, I am shocked by the situation. I don't know what to say about it, how to interpret it, how to express it, said Frederick Christian, Eugene's close friend since they were teenagers. The only thing I know for sure is Rudy was something other than the monster people talk about. Quote, Rudy was not a face-eating zombie monster, said his high school friend Victoria Forte. The Rudy we knew was a nice gentleman with a warm smile and funny. Quote, he had his ups and downs, but he was not an aggressive person. He really was sweet and giving, said Erica Smith, a close friend and former roommate of Eugene's. Smith said he was down on his luck about five years ago with a string of arrests and a broken marriage, but was recently getting his life back together. Quote, he was always looking for ways to make money, not necessarily illegal, but sometimes he got in trouble with it, said his lifelong friend, Daniel Ruiz. But for Rudy to do something that graphic, that aggressive, that violent, that gruesome, that's what's really troubling us. Rudy? Really? Rudy? Nah. Nah. I know. Man. Quote, this is not his character, said Cassandra Mateer, who went to middle school with and high school with Eugene. This type of behavior is very unexpected. He was a good person, a true friend. He was a nice, outgoing, ready-to-help-anybody kind of guy. I'm not just saying that. He really was that person. Mm. So the media went absolutely apeshit, calling Rudy Mm. the Causeway Cannibal, and it was immediately reported that he had been high on bath salts, which had Mm. caused him to attack and attempt to consume Ronald. Remember this? 
Well, and this isn't, there's the other kid that was on, I'm using air quotes, on bath salts that killed a couple, right? Separate though. Well, well yes, but we'll get into this. We're, I mean, we're about to talk about this a lot, but okay. this was this was when bath salts was the, was the, the blame for everything, basically. Yes. People by eating them, right? Yes, and yes. I've even said it. I've even said like, "Ooh, be careful with bath salts." Like, you know, there's guys out there eating right. faces and stuff. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. No, totally. So, bath salts is a generic term for legal drugs made of synthetic. Ca- <laughs> I actually meant to write our doctor friend. This is not necessarily a medical term, but our, our doctor friend is always like. Or listener, like, Courtney, you can ask me how to pronounce things. And I'm like, nah, it's way more fun to just <laughs> wing it. Yeah. Ca- right. cath- cathinones. Cathinones? Cathinones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. C A T H I N O N E S. Cathinones that are generally sold at gas stations, sex shops, and head shops. And they create various types of euphoric highs when consumed, snorted, or smoked. No one is sure where the accusation came from, but most sources report that a police officer casually remarked that he, quote, looked like he'd been on bath salts during the attack, and it kind of went from there. So was this the first bath salts attack? Great question, Sadie, because my next sentence is, the media also reported that bath salts had, quote, fueled a handful of grisly flesh-eating attacks across the country, and this was the last in a long string. Oh, the last one. Yep. Mm. But as it turns out, Rudy's toxicology report listed marijuana as the only drug in his system at the time of the attack. Oh, man. Which killed that theory, but people continue to blame his actions on the drug to this day. Right. Not only that, but there are no confirmed reports of, quote, grisly flesh-eating attacks linked to bath salt use, but that didn't stop Congress from imposing a federal ban on some of the stimulants found in bath salts on the very same day that the report revealed that Rudy had not used them. Mm, Give me a break, people. Like, let's find the actual cause of why this happens instead of blaming bath salts. Well, and also, and we could talk about this more at the end because I don't want to take away from just the general case, but I do think this is a very, very important thing to talk about. As somebody who has recently learned that stimulants make my life 75% better. Yes. And also somebody who is very good friends with the brother of the founder of MAPS who uses MDMA in the treatment of complex post-traumatic stress. This knee-jerk outlawing of substances that could potentially help people in com- for un- completely unfounded reasons is a fucking problem, right? Yeah, big time. Quote, the description of bath salts present, and not that bath salts are great. I, you know, I don't want to like say, oh, everyone should take bath salts; they're no, amazing. No, but, but it, once you start to once yes. you start to put something in a box, stimulants Correct. are going to make you eat faces off or right. whatever. It's like yeah. it just is a snowball. Yeah, that's it. People that's are the afraid end of, it. of yes. right. Yeah, they're afraid yeah. of taking them. They're afraid of whatever. Then then you can't access it if you need it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, and to not even wait. So the FDA put an emergency ban on those stimulants and then 
very soon after, you know, a week or whatever later, the Congress imposed a federal ban. But not they didn't even wait for the toxicology report. Like the media is just, they, like all these celebrities, everybody was out there like, bath salts is a problem. We have to stop this. We have to stop this. And rather than saying, okay, let's wait for the toxicology report right. to come back to confirm that this is the case, they just did it, it's, which is nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Quote, the description of bath salts present in these broadcast media reports was very different from the scientific literature on the topic. And it does not appear that the media took this particular source of information into account in reporting. The primary symptoms mentioned in the transcripts include an increase in aggressive behavior, super strength, and vivid hallucinations that could cause psychosis. This represents a marked difference from the increase in talkativeness, empathy, energy, and euphoria that characterize the clinical literature on the effects of bath salts. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't the dreaded bath salts that caused Rudy to essentially lose his mind and attack Ronald so savagely that he had to be shot to death, what was it? What was it? People speculated that it had been drug use, his issues with finding out about his father, or his general aimlessness that had caused him to snap. Quote, what he fell into to get into the situation, I don't know, said his stepfather in tears. I wish he were alive so he could tell me what happened. He always told me, ugh, ugh. daddy, I'm going to make it. Oh. Quote, he did smoke. I'm not going to lie about that, his close friend Erica Smith said. Someone must have given him something really bad. A couple days ago, he told my brother that he was really depressed and didn't want to live anymore. Quote, he loved his family, loved his friends, Cassandra Mateer said. It had to be drugs. Someone in their right mind doesn't do that. This is not the act of a normal person. It has to be someone under the influence. After his death, authorities found a copy of the Quran in his car and his Facebook was full of strange posts like one from April 22nd that said, quote, the Lord sighed to my Lord, sit at my right hand till period I make period your enemies your footstool. So I don't know if that's just like poor grammar that media read into too much, but... That was the only example I could find. His mother, Ruth, said that the horrible comments she heard about Rudy were relentless. And on one occasion, she was at the nail salon and overheard someone claiming that his entire family practiced voodoo and that he had been under a spell. Mm. Quote, the mom is a mambo. His dad is a mambo. The family just took him to Haiti, the woman said, referring to the Haitian term for voodoo priest or priestess. Ruth said she sat there stunned by the lies. Rudy had never even been to Haiti, and her family did not practice voodoo. Ruth also struggled to find a church in Little Haiti and Northeast Miami that would host her son's funeral. Oh, no. Who, and he was a Christian, like an you know, open Christian, and yeah. she was, a, you know, they were a very Christian family. But she found one that agreed after being denied by two others. 
that church took her deposit, but then called her two days before the service was scheduled to tell her that the congregation wasn't comfortable with them hosting the service, so she'd have to find a different venue. No. In the end, they had to hold it at the chapel of the funeral home. Man. At the service, the pastor said, quote, I believe that we can all agree in this room what happened two weeks ago on Saturday, ending Rudy's life, was not consistent with who Rudy was. The events of May 26th remind us that we live in a broken world. We live in a dark world. Rudy's girlfriend, Rikia, said that she believed something supernatural had a hold on him and that, quote, somebody did something to him. Somebody put something on him. I know for sure that wasn't Rudy. She said that Rudy would sit on their couch or bed every night and read passages from the Bible to her, and he took it with him almost everywhere he went. Quote, if someone was lost or didn't know God, he would tell them about him, she said. He was a believer of God. Something happened out of the ordinary that day. I don't want him to be labeled the Miami zombie, she said. He was a person. I don't, God, I don't know why sometimes they get me. I know. I don't want him to go down like that. What happened to Rudy had to be supernatural, something humans cannot explain, something that leaves us with a lot of questions, she said. I just wish he would come to me in a dream and answer all the questions. I wish he would tell me what happened that day. That, my darlings, is the very strange and very sad and misunderstood and wildly misreported death of Rudy Eugene. Oh, God. (laughs) Why? 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 We don't know. It's hard enough. I know. It's hard enough for me to not know. I cannot, like, for his poor family. I was assuming there would be something in there, right? Like some clue. Right. Like they did an autopsy and found a tumor on his brain. Or they no history of like mental illness. It doesn't like not severe mental illness. And we also know that most people with mental illness don't victimize. They're the victims. But like, why? Who? Yeah. Yep. And the autopsy said that there were there was a like unidentified substance in his stomach that could have been undigested pills, but I'm like no way, they would have taken them out and tested them, right? Like we would know if they if there were pills in his stomach that had caused this. Right. So well, there still isn't like any conclusive evidence of really any drugs that make you lose your mind to that extent, right? Like not even PCP. Right. I mean, if there was a drug, it would be PCP, like crystal meth. You know, I think that there are drugs that can make you. Okay, right, yeah. Right? Crystal meth, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, and I was thinking about it, and this, the only thing that makes sense to me, so as somebody who derealizes, I've read a lot about how if you you are prone to derealization, you should not do psychedelics or like marijuana because- you can enter sort of a permanent state of derealization or a semi-permanent yeah. state. And so I'm wondering if if the drugs weren't still in his system, but if his brain was still acting under the influence of some kind of drug. Mm-hmm. Because it yeah. does seem like he had, for a couple of days, he was struggling. 
not enough for people to raise any red flags or to really think that something was seriously wrong. Like right. Rakia lived with him and she said, yeah, he woke up and he was digging through the closet and like scattering clothes around, but otherwise he still kissed her goodbye. You know, he said, I'm going to go see my boy and like gave her a kiss and left. And she said she remembered it was weird because it was really early. It was 5 a.m., but there was no, no other huge red flag that something was wrong until... She just didn't hear from him when he said he'd call her right back, and then she, he didn't. But, you know, his live-in girlfriend of five years who knew him extremely well, she didn't have any indication that something was seriously wrong. His friend's brother said that, you know, some, he looked wrong, something was off, and he had mentioned to a couple people or at least one other person that something was wrong. So to me that says maybe he took a drug or we, or there was a drug in his marijuana because everybody also is very adamant that he barely even took Tylenol or pain medication and he never took hard drugs. And Rikia said that he was actually trying to s- slow down his marijuana use because, mm-hmm. you know, it just really seemed like he was coming into a better place in his life. You know, he was reaching that age where he was maturing. He had this fairly stable relationship that was very loving and he was like, legitimately wanting to open a car wash or, you know, like take some steps right. forward in his life. So it could have been a mental break, but it seems to me like it was probably a mental break induced by some sort of drug. Right. But Like, like bath salts. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> well, it was so easy to blame bath salts. Those drugs are always so weird. Like the truck stop energy drugs and stuff, it does make you feel like anything could happen. When I think about, you know, like taking Buzz 9000 at the truck stop, you know, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably going to make me eat a face. Like, I, you know, it's just like, and so, yeah, bath salts just, it just was such an easy scapegoat. And I immediately accepted it. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah, yes. Yep, I remember around this time, you know, visiting our our mom, who's drug and alcohol counselor. Yeah, driving me around somewhere and being like, "Sadie, you can't like stay away from bath salts." And I was like, "Oh yeah, mom, I know." <laughs> yeah, totally. Don't make me eat faces. Like I get it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It just it just felt like it was something that was untested and un- misunderstood, and so of course it made him fly into this like psychotic episode. But it didn't. It's not true. No, that's so sad. I know. Yep. And we just don't know. But it's a good reminder. I mean, the media is a problem. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And again, if we've spent less time talking about the zombie part of this and more time talking about or figuring out what happened and how to avoid it in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just dismissing, like distilling things down to dangerous, toxic, and zombie, you know, like. Right. Yeah. Nope. We need to let doctors and scientists be in charge of this chemicals that are available to people and how to use them. And that's the end and our bodies in general. Yeah. yeah. And we need Mm -hmm. to slow down and take time to to remember that that what you're seeing on the news is not the truth. It's mm-hmm. some version of the truth, but it is never the full truth, especially not in just a case the, like this. Right. And obviously not just the news. I have come across that on TikTok a lot too, especially yeah. before I was well-medicated in the appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. And just the realizing how people talk to get views. And yes. 
Yep. You know, it's meant to keep you watching yep. and scared yep. and interested. And like once you disconnect, you, I can still find ways to find the information I need to make decisions. Right. But I don't have to let it ruin my life. You know, yeah. I'm just being constantly afraid. Yes. There A you go. Good one, Court. Oh, so much you. to think about. There's so much out there to think about. Yep. So well. I would love to transition to name time, but I want to <laughs> save name time because we're recording this one early because I'm out of town next week. So we'll I'd only have, have a f- extra name yeah. time next time. Yes, but how about we transition right on into Shouty Outy? Shouty Outies. Hey, uh, I'm almost all done with the goodies. So it's coming, you guys. Some of you have been waiting a very long time. Thank you for your patience. Again, I'm medicated. And it was actually really not hard to just sit down and do it. So thank you for your patience. If you want a goodie, like, do you want to feel cool and, like, sign up tomorrow and then get a goodie thing in the mail the next week? Yeah, there you go. This is the window. But, yeah, come join us over there. There are, like, 140 episodes or something available for your ears. For as little as $5 a month. Yes. We're also hosting a virtual get-together, a party, on April 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be fun. It might be fun to do a a, like giveaway in the moment. (gasps) Ooh, yeah, let's do that. Good idea. Yeah, I don't know what we'll give away or how to make that happen, but we'll do some sort of drawing or something for those who join us. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Some merch, probably. Sadie got these mm-hmm. amazing stickers. So yeah, come come get some prizes, meet some friends, have some good times, drink some drinks. Oh, since I'm like not super into drinking right now, and um, I've had a couple of very close friends decide to become sober too, I've been on the hunt for the perfect non-alcoholic mm. beverage. And what you really figure out quickly is that most quote unquote adult non alcoholic beverages are just tea. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't need tea. I want something that's like special, right? Right. There's a phony Negroni. Ooh. It's by Saint. Hold on one sec. I've got a sober adult in my house. So yes. Ryan loves Negroni. Oh, Saint Agritus non alcoholic phony Negroni. So delicious. Really? So good. They taste exactly like a Negroni and somehow even better. Huh. So anyway, speaking yep. of special anyway, things, who do we have today? Speaking of phony Negronis. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much to Sarah H. Sarah, how have you been, my darling? Come on over. Let's take a ride on the sea. Let's find out who you are, ha ha, you and me, minus me, because this is about you, Sarah. Sarah, I see on the sea, written these words about you. Sarah is the most magnificent one. She gives a shit. And she gets shit done. Sarah <laughs> is the one that everybody looks to for the reasons and the meanings and the one true reason for being. 
Yeah. <laughs> I did not expect that tonal change, but no. kind of proud of it. Yes. Uh, thank you, Sarah H. Thank you, Sarah. <clears throat> I'm speechless. Uh, thank you so much to Lillian R. Oh, please, Lillian, come on. Mm-hmm. What are you, a maiden? What are mm-hmm. you, a muse? Lillian, mm-hmm. what's going on, Lillian? What are you, a hair model? Obviously. <laughs> Definitely. That's still a thing. Like in the 90s, yes. I was like, oh, someone asked me to be a hair model when I was at the mall. And I was like, oh, so jealous. Well, Lillian was the the original hair model at the mall. Brett <laughs> sought her out, styled her, put her on the cover of a magazine with her little perfect little dainty hand tucked up under her chin. And everyone's like, Lillian, no last name needed. <laughs> no. It's Lillian. She's a... She's on the cover of the romance novel. Lillian is the... An astronaut model. Lillian is a... (laughs) Brain model. (laughs) Yes, she's a brain model. And also, she's a secret intelligent service agent DDS. Yep. Whoa. First ever of her kind in her class. Wow. Wow. Magna cum laude. (laughs) (laughs) Lillian. They just put Lillian now instead of DDS. Sometimes you can get a a Lillian. So you'd be like, (laughs) Courtneyak Esquire Lillian. And I was like, whoa. So you went to the moon to get your degree underwater while doing a round off back handspring. And I'm like, oh, you're familiar with the Lillian. That's a, yes, that is accurate. Took me (laughs) 46 and a half years to get it because it's such an advanced degree, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's kind of like having an Amex black card. That's what, if you have a Lillian at the end of your title, that's what that Uh means. Yes. Mm. I want one. I need it. Thank thank you, Lillian. Lillian, Esquire Lillian. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much to Ashley. No last name given. Yeah, thank fuck you, yeah, because Ashley. you know what? Just like Lillian, it's just Ashley. A stands yes. for aromatic. S stands for shut the fuck up. H stands for hey, uh, haha, don't worry about it. L stands for loveliest. E stands for extraordinary, ever effervescent, extraordinary. Eternal, endearing, endless, and ecstatic. And Y stands for the capital Y, as in, what does it all mean? Well, (laughs) just ask Ashley. She'll tell you. She knows. She knows all the fuck about it. She's got it figured out. She's got it on lockdown. She's got it all wrapped up in a perfect little nicey-nice beautiful bow. Being around her in her presence is enough to put your shit in order, get you on track, permanently forever, the end. Thank you, Ashley, for that gift to the humanity. (laughs) Uh, Last but not least? Yeah, last but not least. Last but certainly not least, thank you so much to Tiffany. Again, no last name. (gasps) As in Tiffany, as in the recording artist? Oh, my God, yes. Which that song is a 
full on jam. But this is not about Tiffany, the recording artist. This is about Tiffany, the Tiffany. Tiffany, the Tiffany, you are an epiphany. You are the one that the world comes a run into. Tiffany, Tiffany, you are like timpani. The sound is resonant. The sound is whole. The sound is round. The sound is booming and affecting and arresting, just like Tiffany the Tiffany. Tiffany the Tiffany, you are a litany of goodness, kindness, thoughtfulness, and intelligence. Tiffany the Tiffany, you are a here in a jiffany. <laughs> you're quick, quick-witted, you're lithe, and you're swift. You always know where to go. You get there in a jiff. Any. We love you, <laughs> Tiffany the Tiffany. We love you with all of our kidneys. Thank you for letting me riff any. <laughs> Tiffany the Tiffany, we love you. That's really good. Thank you. Sadie and I are second cousins to Dr. Seuss, so every once in a while, here he comes inhabiting me. For you, Tiffany the Tiffany. Oh, God. Well, we did it again, folks. We did it again. We made it, and we're, we are still alive, and hopefully you are too. Maybe you yes. not, but... Uh, who knows? Who knows? We love you so much, and if you so want to spend more much. time with us, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Sadie mm-hmm. made a really good point last week. We got so much beautiful, loving, supportive, and grateful response to Sadie's episode about suicide awareness and prevention. And if you have not heard back from her specifically or us, it's probably because you didn't put podcast at the end of the email. So Yeah. They yeah. will kill podcast yes. at gmail.com. Please <laughs> like, if that has happened, yeah. but seriously, if you have reached yes. out, even like social media any anywhere and you haven't yeah. heard back, please reach out again. It's probably because the message got lost. Yes. Um definitely are we are here for you and we are paying attention. Yeah. Uh, rate and review and subscribe right now. Yes, If you haven't please. already, do it. Yes. And what are you like waiting for? Episode, share it with your friends and ask them to do the same. Be like, remember that oh, case yeah. about the guy who attacked the other guy under the bridge? Well, it was not all entirely true. Here you go. Listen to this. That would be right? greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Super helpful. And uh, thanks, AJ. For what, you might ask? For, uh, for the music that you made for us and we play every episode. Thank, thank you, you for that so, so much. much. We love you for that, and thank you for that. Yes, we do. And remember... um, Just be real careful about how you consume information, how you share information, and Mm -hmm. how we talk about each other and the world, because it matters. It really, really, really matters a lot. And um, let's just all try to do better. Including me, especially, and above all, me. Yep. We love you you. very, very much, and uh, we can't wait to see you next week. Sure can't. See you then. Goodbye, baby. Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.